episode 67 of Strange Brow Radio. My name's Tobe Johnson, and today is part two of Nothing Will Stop Them with guest Sasha Christie. If you haven't heard part one, listen to it before you listen to this one, because we're picking where we left off with Sasha, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But you have a million choices to be listening and watching a million different things, and if you're listening to this, thank you very much. I'm up against the likes of the Tiger King. (laughs) So I know uh, that you're either crazy uh, for listening or beautiful people, probably both. So thanks for doing that. Anyway, uh, part two coming up in a second. But if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com forward slash strange brow radio. Patreon.com forward slash strange brow radio. And for as little as three bucks a month, you can keep the entertainment rolling while you're in quarantine. Why not? Extra podcasts, extra videos, um, really interesting videos, actually. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash strange brow radio. All right, as I said, our guest today is Sasha Christie. This is part two from our interview we did. Actually, it was less than a week ago. We're pumping out episodes more and more with our newfound freedom. Uh, I I hope that this freedom doesn't go away and feel more like a trap. Um, And uh, as the parks start to close down and now you can't go fishing, at least up here, it feels a little bit more like we're being in... uh, Lockdown. Uh, so I hope that that feeling leaves soon. Anyway, part two coming up, and nothing will stop them. And I'll tell you more about that in a second here. But first of all, um, we have an event coming up. It is April 4th and 5th. We just got done with a webinar Michelle Freed and I produced with Colonel John B. Alexander of Skinwalker Walk fame and NIDS, the National Institute of Discovery Science. He was there before the book was. And if you had a chance to tune into that, uh, that was a, a fantastic time for you to see him do a back and forth with the likes of Tom Powell. And Tom uh, and him were on for a better part of three and a half hours. And so that was uh, quite the treat. Now we plan on doing more of these webinars Um, This one was free. I think the next one will be close to free, if not free as well. But I want to keep producing these webinars and putting you in contact in small groups with these public speakers uh, that have incredible experiences. So this was recorded. I'm not quite sure where it will be uploaded to, but it was recorded. So um, coming up, something else recorded is, as I said, April 4th and 5th, the Sasquatch Rendezvous. You can get a ticket now. I suggest you do. A limited run on these tickets. That is a two-day event, April 4th and 5th. You're going to have Ron Moorhead on the line. Myself, Timothy Renner. Uh, You know some of these names. Uh, Check it out at SasquatchRendezvous.com. A fully immersed virtual webinar uh, with people that are invested in the Sasquatch, the supernatural Sasquatch phenomena. And there will be never-before-played audio and video as well. So, again, SasquatchRendezvous.com. You can get a two-day pass, a family pass, for 30 bucks. That's 15 bucks a day. And you can share it with as many people as you can cram into your feed at your house or your bunker or wherever you are. Hopefully not a tent. 
Um, so check that out. That's Sasquatch Rendezvous coming up April 4th and 5th. Uh, who better to talk about this than the producer, the founder of Sasquatch Rendezvous, Sandy Nelson. So here's a word from Sandy. All right. Today we're talking Sasquatch Rendezvous on April 4th and 5th with the producer, Sandy Nelson. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Tobe. How are you? Well, good. Uh, it's good to be here with you. And we are less than a week out from the moment this commercial will be airing here. Uh, tell people a little bit about what you have going on April 4th and 5th. Well, we have a live stream conference through Zoom. Um, you can go to www.sasquatchrendezvous.com and to, to get your tickets uh, for your link. You need a Zoom link. Uh, you can watch it on any uh, PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or Android device. It is a, a conference on Sasquatch. We are going to be connecting the physical and metaphysical aspects of, of this phenomenal being. We hope that you join us and, and enjoy this conference. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've got some uh, big names coming on board here. Talk about the lineup. Well, we have Tom Cantrell, who's uh, celebrating over 60 years of research. We also have Mitchell Townsend, um, who is an educator in Washington State. Scott Taylor with the BFRO. We have Robin Roberts from Colorado. And we have you, of course, Tog from Strange Brow Radio. He's going to be presenting as well. Ron Moorhead will be with us uh, presenting a Quantum Bigfoot. Um, and we also have Peter Jampgard and, of course, Timothy Renner um, out of Pennsylvania and Strange Familiars podcast. So people may know him from there. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, great. So now these tickets are $30. And so explain to people what they get for $30 because they're not just locked in for, you know, just themselves. This is a family ticket. They can share this experience. How would they do that? Well, they buy the link for $30. It is uh, for the all-inclusive access to Sasquatch Rendezvous. It's two days of uh, speakers and topics. Um, they can view it with their family. So I would say practice social distancing. So there should be no quarantine parties, but, but you can view it with your family uh, and just enjoy the conversation. You can also interact with the speakers. There'll be an opportunity to ask them direct questions after each topic is presented. Perfect. Again, that's SasquatchRendezvous.com. Pre-register now, and then we will see you on April 4th and 5th on zoom.com. Thanks, Sandy. Thank you so much. We'll see you there. All right. Now you know where to go and I hope to see you myself. Although I technically won't see you because you'll be digitally in the audience. You'll see me and I'll feel you like Luke Skywalker. By the way, we just started watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, one of the quarantine shows that we downloaded. And aside from the music, it's really well done. It has the feel of the original Star Wars, and um, you'd be shocked at some of the people that make an appearance in this that really fit in nicely. It's, uh, it has that Iron Man kind of uh, sarcasm to it because of uh, the director, I think, being the same director. 
but man, they got the music wrong. No John Williams. I mean, and he's those sweeping ballads that we all remember from Star Wars, and instead it feels like a episode of Magnum P.I. half the time. But I'd check it out. I still watch it, and they're like 33 minutes an episode, so definitely right for the kids and the cartoon, you know, sitcom mindset. So uh, Disney Plus, uh, boy, what a ghost town that must be right now. In fact, I'll make a plug for a YouTube channel. Watch this guy at the Daily Woo, W-O-O. That's about the right lingo for the people that listen to this. And no, he's not uh, off playing his drums or whistling in the woods looking for Bigfoot, but he goes to amusement parks, and now he goes to abandoned amusement parks and films. So um, check that out. Very interesting. Also, why I'm on the same subject here, you guys have to go check out the uh, Seas Crazy Crossroad channel by a guy named Chris, who calls himself Triple C, Seas Crazy Crossroad, the letter C, and then Crazy Crossroad. And the stuff that this guy gets at doing these 30-minute challenges, I cannot figure out how he hoaxed it. I don't think these are hoaxes. Uh, check it out. 30-minute challenges alone in some of Florida's craziest establishments. I think he's got a hitchhiker. I think he thinks he's got a hitchhiker. So check that out while you have some downtime. Also, I am busily getting the audiobook of the Al Moon Lab up and ready for you. So I think that will be done in the next week and a half, and then it will be available for download. So fully immersive with sound, the whole story from beginning to end. And uh, maybe I'll put a clip up here for us soon. All right, as I said, Sasha Christie, part two uh, to her interview. Now, remember, we left off with her describing a bird that hit something that nobody could see, like an invisible wall. And there we will start again. Without further ado, Sasha Christie. We go downstairs and we sat down, get a cup of coffee. We're talking, I'm talking, telling him what I can remember. I said, and there was a, you know, black dog chewing on my fingers. This happened, that happened. This lizard, this child, you know. And he said, well, I was, he said, I was lady. He says, and that wine bottle, he said, it was there when everybody went to bed. He says, now I heard it moving across the table and it moved to the other end of the table. And but obviously we have the paranormal stuff all around us because we're all experiencers. So, you know, mm. we, that kind of stuff is, we probably should, but don't really freak out with it anymore. But um, anyway, he said he woke up, he was stood at the back door, he was looking up in the sky and he looked down and he had these black dogs chewing on his fingers and licking his fingers. Now they were taller than the one that I saw. But I'd forgotten the Oh, is it the next day? Oh, this is a difficult bit. I can't remember if it happened the day before or the next day. When everyone's outside and I'm looking at the floor, we're all smoke. We were all, I don't smoke anymore, but I was a smoker back then and everyone else was outside. We were all having a cig. And um, I'm just looking down and this bird lands on the floor in front of me like it's, you know, like when they've hit a window. Right. So I was like, what the hell? And they all went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that I was like, what? They said that bird hit nothing. It was just flying and it hit nothing and it fell on the floor in front of you. Like something was invisible, but there was a wall that it hit above our heads. So I'm not sure if that was before the day before or the day after. I really don't remember. But anyway, so we go to the conference 
Well, let me ask you and this it, about the um, the guy outside remembers two black dogs licking and biting on his fingers. He didn't have yeah. the same sensation as you did as far as feeling the prickly needle effect? No, no. He said that he just remember him chewing on his fingers. He had, mm-hmm. um, funnily enough, he, it's not funny at all, he had a, like on his chest, like a grid pattern burn, like, like if, you know, like on toast. So people walked away with physical evidence after this happened. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but we didn't we didn't notice it at first. We didn't notice this at first. So, you know, we got to the conference and Paul Harris is talking, come to have a break. So we're outside. I'm sat outside with Jason and his wife Jackie and again having another cigarette. And as I tap the ash into the ashtray, I noticed that I had all these bruises all over my hands. I was like, what the hell? all over the back of my hand. And I'm looking at it, and I sort of pull the skin tight, and each bruise has got a puncture mark in it. And there's seven of them. There's three above, in bet- like in between where my, uh, you know, the fingers, with a squishy bit in between the bones in your hand, back of your hand. By my thumb, uh, and that fleshy bit between your finger and your thumb, your forefinger and thumb, there's a one millimeter line. Then at the back of my hand in the middle, there's another one. And then there's another further two at my wrist. And I was like, what the hell have I done there? And that was it. You know, I thought, what have I done? Carry on. Maybe I've done it when I've been traveling. But obviously, I was like, oh, there's puncture marks. And everyone's looking at it. Ellie took a couple of photographs. So he was like, no, I don't think that's from traveling. Um, and then my phone rings. So I answer the phone and it's my mum. I had to ring you. I'm really sorry. I had an awful dream about you last night. I just had to make sure you were okay. I said, why? What did you dream? She said, I dreamt you were in this house. She says, and you were laid on this sofa as you were covered in killing film or you were sweating. You just had your bra and knickers on and you were mumbling and moaning. And I was fuming with you because I thought you were taking drugs again. And um, she said, I opened the door to these two men. She says, and one had a big fedora hat on and the other one had, well, she didn't know it was called that. We had to figure out what the kind of hat was, but I'll tell you, sussed it out. It's a fedora hat. And uh, one had a big wide brim hat on, black, and he was all in black. And he was with another man, she called him a man, whose skin was that wrinkly, it looked knitted and it was bright blue. His skin was bright blue. So she said, and then another part of it, she said, the, my son, Louis, the one who was in the hand in the head, she said, he was sat on the steel table. She said, he just looked at me like he didn't even know who I was. She said, he jumped off and he vanished. She said, she said, these two men, they're stood there, they're talking about you. You're all, you know, like, she said, I don't, I don't understand. The windows were so high in this house. Like she said, they were like, you know, like when you're in a gym and they're really high up. I was like, yeah, <laughs> sound like a house. Anyway, um, so that was her dream, but she was, it had left her with such a feeling of horror that she had to phone up and find out if I was all right because she'd seen me in this debilitated state on this sofa lying down, um, you know, mumbling and being weird. And I was like, basically, I've pieced it together. Obviously, she said cling film. 
Like I was right. wearing cling film. I had some sort of rubber sheet put over me. It wasn't cling film because I'd have been able to tear through that. It was whatever it was, the sticker than cling film. Um, you know, the, I could hear two men. I forgot to mention that. I could hear voices. I couldn't make out what they were saying, but they were over to my right and they were talking. Um, now, when Anne, whose house it was, when she had an experience with Spectralians and she had an experience like that and found herself in this dentist chair, she actually saw a man. She woke up, she came round, she saw all these tubes and needles in the backs of her hand and she pulled them all out and blood was flying all over the place. This American guy came over and said, hey, honey, calm down and put them all back in. She just went to sleep. She said what she was, she was in this big white room and that the windows were really high up like a gymnasium and it was daylight outside. So, you know, I don't remember that bit, but my mum remembers that from a dream and Anne describes it as part of her experience when she was taken by the same being that there were humans involved so humans and reptilians mm-hmm. work together i want to just so, mention the yeah. uh, the cling wrap or the rubber sheet part in relation to fire in the sky because there seems to be this overlap this consistency with witnesses and witness encountering and describing these pop culture references of things like the predator people describe that all the time seeing this pixelated image um these are things that uh, we've Mm -hmm. encountered here on our property and then when you mention something that is related to pop culture there seems to be this overlap to where either they're inserting these pop culture references as screen memories or that the pop culture industry, Hollywood, screenwriters are clued no, into actual phenomena mm-hmm. and including it into the script. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. The, you know, I mean, that fire in the sky thing in the film, it never actually happened to Travis. He was laid in, the, in a room and he had all these things on his stomach, like pots and tubes and things like that, that where he was hit by the zap. He thinks now that they were trying to heal him. Right. So um, that the thing where he comes out of that thing in the in the film that that mm. didn't happen to him. So you have to ask yourself, well, where does that come from? Because something very similar happened to me, like that. Um, so it, it's an actual thing. It's not me going, oh, I've seen that in the film, and therefore blur. Uh, no, 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 and I, I just even, wanted the, right. I wanted the audience to make sure that's what it, what it was not alluding to. I mean, even your reference yeah. to the or your mother's reference to the Hat Man, that's that's a total yeah. phenomenon uh, with abductees as well. So that's really, I would imagine your mother's probably not clued into the ins and outs of abduction experiences as much as you may be. No, well. <laughs> I would say that she was abducted that night. So I think my mum's an abductee, but she goes, I'm not talking about it. I'm keeping the lid on it. But she did one time say to me, this is another thing that ties in with Anne as well, because it could have totally blown me over with a feather. Because when I first started talking about all this stuff, I lost my family for a little while. They thought I'd lost my mind. So for years later, my mum to start telling me things that's happened to her, it's a little bit of a shock, you know, like, okay, so... um, if you might have said that before, then I might not have gone mad. But then again, I probably would because it's just more information to the madness. She said that she'd seen this lion man with fire for eyes and he was talking to her. She said, I can't remember what he was saying, but he had fire for eyes. And she said, I was looking at him and they were like sons. So 
I was like, well, Jason's mum, Anne, said she saw a man, a lion man, and he had fire for eyes, but he wouldn't open his eyes, and he wouldn't show Anne his eyes. And when she asked why, he said, because no human can look upon my eyes. I'm like, why is my mum looking in its eyes? <laughs> and he's saying to Anne, no human, why have my mum and Anne seen this thing 18 years apart, and me and Jason, we've got the same kind of reptilian activity going on. We were connected 18 years before we even met. These are the the head scrambles that you have to kind of pull into these things and you can't get an answer. This, like, what? So even though I didn't meet them till 2005, like 16 years prior to that or however many years prior to that, my mum's had this thing with this lion man and when Jason was 18 or whatever, which is about 12 years ago now, and seen the same thing. But my mum's not read the book. I've never mentioned it to my mum. I've not put that in her head. She's just stood at my kitchen sink one day and comes out with it. So I was like, whoa. She also said she'd seen me in a tank of yellow liquid. Like, and she was just stood there watching me, like, uh, recovering, whatever that is, whatever that means. Right. And there's a lot of uh, names and dates in this interview that are going to you know, get people lost. They'll have to go back and listen to it again to get it straight. But overall, you're listing synchronicity. You're, it sounds like yeah. you're saying that synchronicity is so much a play here with meeting people that have same experiences and, and being destined to meet them. Is, is that what you're describing? I absolutely, 100%. I would stake my life on that. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even stake my life on what the phenomena is, but whatever it is, it puts people together for sure. Because in 2012, I had some other stuff going on, and um, I it was to do with the Greys. They were I can't even I don't even know how I knew I don't even I, honestly I, I, I play over this so much trying to figure it out, but I can't really like I knew something was happening in my house. I knew it, I felt it, and I knew it was aliens, even though I'd not seen them, not seen anything. I'd taken a few UFO photos, but that was. All unusual. I've seen, I see them all the time. Well, I don't look now, but I used to be looking all the time and I would see weird things every now and again. So, um, you know, 2012, I did a couple of sightings, but it wasn't the sightings that had me thinking this. I was in my house and I just got the feeling and I said, I know you're there. I can feel you hiding. Chicken shit cowards. Excuse me for swearing, but that's what I said to him. Like, why are you always sneaking around? You know, why don't you just show yourselves? You know, like that. Getting to this point in time, all the R has worn off. I'm exhausted from all of this. I'm scrambled from it all. I don't even know what my own life is. I don't, to this day, know what my own life is. So, one night, I wake up, and I'm looking, and my bed is opposite my bedroom door, So, because I've got kids. You know, I'm a single mum. Uh, they're downstairs. I've got this huge Victorian house. It's just absolutely enormous. It's like four floors. I'm in the attic. Got the whole top floor to myself, my own bathroom, a spare room, you know, the whole thing. Huge picture windows, which was always like banging on about chemtrails back then. And um, always filming them and going mad about them. And, you know, like that's pretty much why I was seeing so many weird things because I was also going mad about chemtrails. And, um, 
So this day, this night I woke up and uh, there's somebody stood in my doorway and I thought, oh my God, it's a Power Ranger because it looked like a Power Ranger. It was, the light was on in the hallway right outside my room. There's like a little square, two steps down out of my bedroom, a little square. Then there's two steps up to go to the other room and the bathroom or to the right, it's just you go down the stairs and there's a bend in the stairs. So the hall lighting is always on because I can't sleep in the dark. Plus, if I hear my kids or anything, because my youngest was like three, I would go running downstairs to make sure everything's all right. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't have them upstairs. I was so frightened of them falling out of those top floor windows because they would, it was just dodgy up there like that. So they weren't going to get sleep up there. Um, so I've seen this thing and I think it's a power engine. Then I go, so ridiculous, almost laughing at myself. It's a biker. Because it's just a helmet, and I think I'm looking at a helmet and leather jacket. And then, because it was like face on, it was a total silhouette. Very thin, distorted, you know, with the light and the darkness. And I'm obviously just opening my eyes. But why I'm opening my eyes is because my brain is buzzing. Like somebody has got an electric toothbrush and put it right in the center of my brain. And it's almost teeth chattering vibration, you know, it's really bad. And, uh, then it kind of turns to the side and looks down the stairs. And I was like, oh, my God. So I start saying, no, go away, leave me alone. You know, get out, leave me alone. And it looked at me. And uh, I thought, oh, shit, shut up. Sorry, swearing. I, I thought, shut up, because if you wake the kids up, it's between you and them. What are you going to do? Not thinking anything about what might be going on downstairs, you know. And that it was actually just keeping me in place while it did what whatever what else was going on in the house was going on. I don't even like to go there. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, my whole room is changing. The, the walls are rippling with different wallpapers and patterns. And one of them, looking back, was one that I painted myself. So it was like, I wonder, were they all the wallpapers and patterns of all the walls of all the bedrooms that I've ever had or, you know, something like that. It's one of them that I did, I painted my chimney breast like a dramatic zebra skin, you know, and um, that was part of the one of the ripples that went round. But my bedding changed with it. Everything was just the walls, the beds, the, the covering was changing, uh, not colour, but patterns. And um, I'm trying to sit up. I'm trying to get up. So I'm trying to dig my heels into the bed to get up, but I actually can't even really properly straighten my legs. I can see my legs sort of moving underneath the quilt. I'm trying to grab the quilt cover or the quilt itself, you know, to kind of get a grip and pull myself up so I can sit up. But all I'm doing is getting a handful of the quilt cover. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm panicking and all these things going on. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, how ridiculous it is that there's an alien in my bedroom and it's wearing a silver suit and a helmet. Give me a break kind of thing. It's like, that is ridiculous. And, you know, you, 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 can't, Im you can't even imagine what your thought processes are going to be in these situations until you have them. And when you do, they're just scrambled nonsense. It's like monkey brain is trying to rationalise this, you know. So I'm looking at it and thinking how ridiculous it is that it's wearing this. And it looked me right in the eye and I just got this boom in my head, like, uh, like images 
not like overwhelming. It was like, if you can imagine, you've got a balloon in your head and it's full of warm water. It pops, but it pops gently and all the warm just trickles around your brain in between your skull and your brain. That's the kind of feeling that it was. And what it was was information. Why it was wearing the suit. Why it was wearing the helmet. Loads of technical stuff. And... uh, you know, and it was almost like a distraction. My kids told me some stuff. I'm not even going to bring them into it in public, but, you know, my kids have gone through this. So the silver suit, they, it, what, what they're doing, what their abilities are, it's all, we're talking quantum stuff. They have got it sussed. They know everything they need to know about manipulation, frequency modulation and manipulation of matter. They can do it. Their suits, these silver suits, I got, it was like almost like it gave me a close-up of these like very fine silver threads that were going. It was like good metal grey with these very fine bright silver threads that were going through it. And it even had this belt, but it wasn't a real belt. It was like sewn into the material. And this, it has an electrical current and it has the ability to mask heat. Any kind of uh camera will never catch it because it manipulates light on a photon level the air is toxic the organs need protecting from various kinds of lights that we use and in particular one was blue ray right now blue light their organs work on a kind of photosynthesis level so they get their energy from light. But if they're exposed to the wrong kinds of light, then it, it's damaging to them. The helmet, it, I kind of, in the stuff that was going on in my head, it was like a close-up of the side of the helmet. It was like a Nike swoosh with a little filter, air filter, which I saw. The point came down to the center of its chin from this helmet. The visor was, well, at least 12 inches long. It, it's, you know the lowest point, the highest point. Its eyes were absolutely massive and not almond-like, but they were kind of bulging out and they went back round. They're in the kind of same level as ours are, but because they bulge out a little, that, I think that's what gives the impression of the, um, um, you know, them going up slightly, but they don't. Uh, so it manipulates light on a photon level, at a photon level, it masks heat, anything. So no one will ever see these if they don't want you to see them. They can hide themselves and they could be stood an inch away from you and you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't be able to see it. And not even in the little pixelated way like the Predator. It's like, boom, gone. And uh, so that was the information that it gave me while because I thought how ridiculous it was. So it told me why. So now know that there's just some sort of I don't know, it's a some sort of plant animal <laughs> type thing. Don't know, but it, it the way that's that the way, I no, was that, hold on about, a second here, Sasha. The let's back up to this little glimmer. You said plant. Why did you say plant like because of because I get the impression or got the impression from it that whatever's inside them is actually green and it's not mm-hmm. the out out in, inside the liquid, whatever the liquid is. But it was the fact that it, it gave me the information. They process their energy through photos, a form of mm-hmm. photosynthesis. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously my brain, my monkey brain ties it to a plant, but monkey brain might be right in this instance. So I don't, I think, well, I don't really a, know. It's, it's, a, some yeah, sort of, it's very interesting for the fact that um, the owner of the Stardust Ranch claims that, uh, you know, during his interactions here in America, he was able to get blood off of a samurai sword after striking a gray and sent the blood sample into some lab and they came back with chlorophyll or some kind of plant sub- substance right. associated well, with it. So that's, that's pretty interesting. That I don't that. know if I believe that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe that he killed nine, nine aliens with his samurai sword. Well, I, but it's a I great find that story. very hard to believe. <laughs> it's a great yeah. story. Great story, bro. Yeah. Right, but, right. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm in the presence of one and can't even move. How the mm-hmm. hell is he like running around, you know, like a ninja when, you know, if, they can manipulate you with their minds. Mm-hmm. There's no way. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude and disrespectful, but I find it extremely impossible to believe mm-hmm. that knowing what it's like to be in the presence of one of those things. Mm-hmm. And chlorophyll, you can get from plants. <laughs> so, right. you know, but it is yeah. interesting. But he, maybe somebody else knows this as well. Maybe well, he someone else. Yeah, he could have used a samurai yeah, sword to. He could have used the samurai sword to go out and clear brush, you know, and uh, had a trace amount of that on there. But there Mm -hmm. seems to be this conversation that keeps coming up about Mm. uh, supernatural and paranormal and cryptids and aliens all um, combining themselves in with plants or trees or, I mean, even what your son was saying, he called it the stick hand. Is that right? Yeah, stick fingers. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I don't know, there's some, seems to be some kind of link between transmuting between them and They remind plants. me of gecko lizards. They, mm-hmm. they remind me of gecko. If you've ever been like Thailand or wherever and you see them all over the place and they've got those weird shaped heads and they've got the big dark eyes and the smooth skin and they're kind of grey, you know, and, the, and, and they kind of remind me of them and and I feel like you know, there's some kind of biology there that's not animal. It's not, I don't know what the innards of an insect are. I mean, I've no idea if they've got green mush in them or whatever. Um, I, I don't really know, but I, I get, they just remind me of gecko lizards and that smoothness of the skin. You know, because I've seen it, I've, I've, that's not the only time I've seen one. You know, like I like to say to people, you've got to be careful because you go to these conferences and things like that. And I think that's where we get targeted. I think I got targeted because I, well, I know, you see, I say this, I've got targeted when I went to the Great British UFO show, but in the background, my mum's seen that lion man and I'm seeing the lion man way, way, way before this conference even happens. So I keep thinking we're getting tagged, but I think we've already been tagged. What do you mean by targeted? well, I always thought, well, if I hadn't gone to that conference, I wouldn't have been abducted by reptilians. They were there. They picked me. That that blob that fell at my feet was like a marker of some description. I don't know if this is true. This is just my, this is my muse babble over what has gone on. Um, so I feel like, you know, is it, there was going to be a conference nearby called RepCon where it was going to be all reptilian abductees and I really wanted to go, but I didn't want to go because I know that they come out of reptilian abductees, they use them as a portal to come into this environment on an energetic level. 
So, you know, like, why would I want to go where there's going to be a room full of possibly reptilian overlords or whatever? I'm taking, you know, I'm taking the mickey there. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm frightened to go to places now because I don't want to expose myself to anything else. When I got involved in the UFO community, it got worse. It got so much worse. And not only was I being taken by uh, reptiles, greys, although I don't know I don't know where I was. Anyway, I've had a few incidents with the greys. And getting back to what we were saying about people putting it together, when I had the greys going on and that was coming on and I was shouting at them and telling them to stop hiding in my house, then I had that happen with the, the Power Ranger, I call it, in the doorway. I got a phone call from somebody. Someone gave me your number to talk to you because I've got all this weird stuff going on and I want to talk to somebody. So she came to my house. She told me all about her experiences. And I'm like, she knows she's an abductee. She knows these are aliens. You know, we're just talking. So uh, she tells me all these things that she's had go on. She's absolutely repainting to the most minute detail everything that she'd seen and what had gone on in each incident. And it was all the greys. Now, up to that point, I've never had the greys in my life. So she's there now in my life with the greys. So she said to me, so what is it? I said, well, it's aliens, isn't it? And she was like, oh, like, I was like, oh, oops. Like, because I thought she's been saying all this, just she knows what's going on, but she needed somebody to tell her, you know. And I would have been a little bit more gentle about how I said, well, it's aliens, you know, um, if I'd have realized that she still was not sure of what it all was, you know. So, um, from that point on, we've been like sisters. You know, I don't know how I would have got through all that without her. I don't know. She wouldn't have got through all her stuff because it's continuing uh, without me. So I fully believe we were put together mm-hmm. and that for the first time when I had this grey stuff going on, I had somebody else who had that going on as well. Do you two have um, shared experiences? Yeah, actually we do because... I was going back down to that house again where I got taken from because Jason wasn't well. And I'm going down there to see him, you know, to say, come on, mate, you're all right. You know, it's, yeah, it's hard, but you've got to keep going. And he's had some awful stuff happen. Can't really say what, but not to do with aliens, but in his life, death threats and all kinds of nasties. So I went down with Paula and uh, it happened again. Uh, but I, I only have one recollection of looking down on the cars that Paul has, uh, that's Anne's husband, parked up outside. He's got this black Mercedes, his uh, license plate is MI, UFO, MIB, something like that. Anyway. So I'm looking down at that, that car, that's all I remember. Now, Paula, we were on the bed, we shared the same bed. She's leaning across, talking to me, I have no recollection of this. So I'm at one side of the bed, sort of sat up, says I just kind of had my head drooped down and she's talking to me she says and I just looked up and my eyes went wide and she just knew and she said they're behind me aren't they and as soon as she said that she went flying backwards she went out through the window she said for the speed that she was moving at she should have been like on the moon for the amount of time that she was traveling and the speed it was all so fast but but she was only over the field in the house opposite the house which was literally a few hundred yards away 
you cross the road, she was a few hundred yards away, but in the air. So as she got, she's going through the window, as her eyes met the glass, it was like she could see for miles either side, just this grey film. And then it was like, boop, and she was out. And um, it was reptilians again. And I, I can't remember all of what she went through, but we had some weird stuff going on downstairs before we went to bed. And I, they, they were all, I thought, oh, I don't like this. I don't know what's going on here. There's, you know, Paula was saying, I feel like something's trying to come through me. She was like leaning forward, like something was pushing her back, uh, you know, pushing her from the back. And um, I just, I'd gone to the toilet and I came back down. I walked into the room and I felt the energy. And I just kind of stood there, like, you know, thinking, uh, I'm off to bed. So I went to bed on my own. <sighs> Idiot. Like, you see, this is the irrational behavior. I go to bed. I get in the bedroom. I go to bed in the dark. I never sleep in the dark. And I go to sleep while all this is going on downstairs. And uh, Paula said that she was there and this, this reptilian thing had come in the room. And um, it's just all she remembers the scene is these massive thighs, these really huge legs, muscular, and that there was this little grey, and it kept trying to give her this gold balloon. And she's like, I don't want your balloon. She like, kept running upstairs like it was checking on me and then coming back downstairs and trying to give her this balloon, this gold sparkly balloon. Now, gold sparkles is something that I'll see. So I said, I'd seen that sparkle thing with the reptilians, remember? She's got this sparkly balloon, but she won't take it. Another abductee friend, his wall went gold sparkles before the whatever happened. But the gold sparkles thing is another mm-hmm. thing. We don't know what that is. Um, well, and here we have so something, morning, uh, I, something we're so familiar with, which is a, a balloon. You're saying a gold balloon, correct? Yeah. I yeah, mean, what, what in the world he, would they... It wasn't a balloon. Yeah, it wasn't a balloon. Right. Blue. That's what her brain was trying to make sense of what she was seeing, and that's what mm-hmm. it, it, that's the only way she could describe. It. Right. But she wouldn't take it. That's and then that. in the morning, I was woken up because she landed on me, Sasha, Sasha, Sasha. You know, oh my god! And I woke my eyes, and her eyes are wide, and she's like inches away from my face, and I'm freaking out. What? 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 Sasha, Sasha, oh my God, oh my God, something's happened. And I said, oh, I knew this was a bad idea. I knew I shouldn't have brought you. That was my first reaction because I said to her before we go, Paula, you need to really think about this because I can't guarantee your safety. No, 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 I want to go, I want to go. All right, okay. So it traumatized her totally. And being woken up like that was quite (laughs) traumatizing in itself. I've got to say because I've never right. ever ever been woken up somebody literally shaking me awake and like inches from my face shouting in my face you know like what 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 oh my god but she knows how the eyes work okay because she was in an explain yeah, that to, well we find ourselves in these strange scenarios we don't know how they come about but we'll find ourselves somewhere and something's going on like, um, it's all bizarre, but there you are. She said she woke up or she found herself in America. She knew it was America because of the way the buildings were and how wide the streets were. And we've got very narrow roads and streets unless it's a motorway. But, you know, she just knew she was in America. And she said she stood next to this man who looks a little bit like Danny DeVito, but she's seen him before and she knows it's the little alien that always is with her. And But sometimes he'll make himself look like somebody else, you know. But 
much. So it, it wasn't Danny DeVito, but that's the nearest description she could get to, right? Little short, fat, dumpy guy. But not blue. Which ties in. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm not like that. Okay. Uh, but I've had a, I've had a grey, lump, a lumpy grey in my, in my presence yeah. before. A big, <laughs> chunky, fat, wobbly one. I'm not even kidding. Ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, she said, she said she's looking around, looking at all the buildings. There's groups of people. They're all chatting away. It's a nice sunny day, and this guy hands her this what's looked like a jellyfish. So she takes it and he says, put it to your face. So she says she got it up to her face and about an inch away from her face, it came to life and it suckered onto her face. And then all of a sudden, she could see all this other stuff. And she, all of the noise that was going on around her suddenly became organized. And she could hear what everyone was talking about, but it wasn't all jumbled. She could make sense of everything. She could see 360 degrees all the way around her and she could hear everything that everyone was saying everything that was going on she knew what was going on in the space around her she said she looks up and in the sky she's seeing geometric shapes squares cubes circles and a and a fish swimming around in the air right so we all know that's a bit bizarre the squares you know, I've heard other people say this about seeing in the clouds. Oh, there's a square in the clouds. Or I've seen a boomerang cloud. Perfect sharp edges. I mean, what the hell? So, you know, weird shaped clouds, not that unusual. But it told her that the way that it worked was because we live in black light. We think it's daylight, but basically the sun is like a torch. And and it only shines on a certain part of the earth and the rest of it's all in darkness or almost darkness. So it's UV light that we live in. And this processes all of the, you know, like, you'd have to have her on to tell it, to get her to tell you how it works. But basically, because of the UV light and the brightness of, of what it is, we all give, everything on that's organic gives off a light of its own. But we're all in a bright light anyway, but it's black to us. We can only, our eyes can only make sense of a very, very small percentage of what is around us and what, how we see it and how we perceive it. So whatever it is, it's to do with the fact that we live in black light and that we all give off light. And everything that's organic, every, you know, plants, blah, they all have their own glow in a certain, you know, frequency, certain ability to see. So if we'll probably come up with a camera that can see like this one day. You know, the, the technology that we're developing now is quite amazing when we're getting to these, you know, cameras that can see on the other spectrums of light that we just can't see without them. Well, that's what the um, the lenses do with their eyes. So I've seen, uh, I think, Chris Bledsoe or somebody posted something recently about um, a woman who managed to rip off a lens on one of their eyes and it was red with, like, white static. So. I've actually come face to face on my forehead to forehead with one, the fat, weird, lumpy one that I was telling you about. I was, I found myself sat in front of a friend that I knew on Facebook. Now, when I met this person, her hair was nothing like it was when I met her in this situation. So what I now know is what I was looking at was her profile picture overlaid on an alien's face. And behind her, it's bunny rabbit is her, 
there's another friend and he looks a bit weird like you know like he's had a stroke or something because his face is a little bit droopy on one side but I know who he is and he's wearing his blue shirt same as he is in his profile picture so then I'm looking at her and, I'm, and all I remember is going he's saying well go on then prove it like that angrily go on prove it and then this face flickered and I wasn't seeing her anymore I was looking at her grey's face and then boom it changed and I went Effinella, face changed. And the guy behind her goes, let's have a look. And he stepped out, stepped out from behind it. And he had no legs. He was like, I know this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous. He was the same sort of shape as Roger from Family Guy. Not Family Guy, American Dad. That big, waddly, like, E.T. legs. Okay. Grey, lumpy, like, lumpy, wobbly, misshapen, fat. Waddled over to me, but in a second, and it was like boom. Its forehead was on my forehead, and I, my eyes hurt. It was like my eyeballs had no choice of their own to look where they wanted to do. They were just looking up into these big black eyes, and each eye had a pinpoint of white. So I'm looking directly into these pinpoints of white in the centre of all this blackness, and it's literally hurting the muscles in my eyes to do this. And uh, then everything went white. Not like a light flashed into my eyes. It was behind my eyes. It was in my mind, white. From the center of my nose, it went out sideways. Boom. To the sides of my head. Like that. White out. So, tying back to what we were saying before about things in the movies with the neuralizers and the men in black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. And this is what you remember. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it wasn't a flash of light in my eyes. It was actually behind my eyes. So... There you go. They have pupils. <laughs> and they're there's, tiny and white. <laughs> I mean, there's so much It sounds much insane. To, I know how it sounds. No, I, do, I do know how it sounds. Uh, well, you it know. does. Okay, so it does sound insane, but I, I realize that you're not insane. There's way too much here uh, for that to be the answer. I mean, the reality is, is that reality is so much stranger than normal people know and you're verifying this with all of the details i would As love I to have felt insane. well yeah i'm sure that this probably brought you to the brink of all sorts of stuff i mean you've already talked talked about some of the darker roads that this has taken you on now the the uh the gal that you just mentioned uh, the synchronistic meeting between you and this friend um what was her name again paula paula elizabeth green She's, uh, I've got a radio show on YouTube. Um, it's Sasha Christie Paranormal Mysteries. But if you just Google Sasha Christie, Paula Green, things will pop up because I had another radio show in 2012, Citizen Sane Radio. Um, so I did some shows with her there. I've done, I've got other abductees that I've spoken to mm. as well. Uh, so yeah, and what we're doing at the moment is um, we're going to put our stuff together because we also had some a time anomaly. Do you want to know about that? Yeah, of course. We were together and it happened. Oh, you've got to talk to her. My God, the stuff that's happened to that woman. Anyway, so I've gone to pick her up. She lived, I live in Liverpool. She lives in Leeds. Well, she lives in Bradford. So we're talking 65 miles away, 70 miles. And with traffic, there's a, a junction called Chain Bar out there, which is like, oh, what is it maybe 10 lanes or something it's insane you can't get through it 
whoever made it thought this is going to make all the traffic moves because we've got all these great lanes, but then it narrows into two lanes all of a sudden, so it's all just jammed up. It takes forever to get through that bit. It's a nightmare. And you can't get to Liverpool from Leeds without going through this nightmare. Uh, so I picked her up. I got to the end of the street. I said, oh, I'll just text Dave and let him know that we're on our way. So I texted my partner and said, we're on our way. Um, you know, it's, it's an hour and 20 minutes. So we get gets out of the car, you know, get out of Bradford. We get past this awfulness. So there's a turn that we need to take at Junction 12 and it takes you off. You go off left and then you go right and then you're on the road to Liverpool. So I messed up. I missed it. So we had to go up to the roundabout because we were blah, 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 like we do every time we get together. So we had to get up to the next roundabout, come back down and then get on another roundabout, get back up, get all back on that road get to that junction and I screwed up again. I thought, oh my God, we need to stop talking when we get to this bit because I need to get home. So then we found ourselves at the other side of Manchester somehow. And uh, well, actually what happened was we were driving, we were talking, we took this turn in, we got it right. And then all of a sudden we were at the other side of Manchester and I was like, what? How have we got here? But the second that everything had gone wrong, she knew it had gone wrong. We both just went silent, like the energy in the car shifted. And we just both stopped talking at the same time. And then I said, I don't know where we are. So we got all the way back around, followed the road signs, got back around to where we wanted to be, took the right bit, very carefully this time, made sure that I got off onto the road to Liverpool, on the road to Liverpool, yay, off we go, right, blah, blah. But we were like, ray, blah, blah, blah. We were just silent all the way home because that had freaked us out. We knew something, boom, shifted the energy in the car. And we were on the side of Manchester. Don't know how we got there. We were instantly there. Too confusing. Couldn't figure it out. Thought, must have driven here. You know? So when we got back home, Dave said, God, you were quick. Oh, uh, that was ridiculous. How could we be quick? I said, I did this, I did this, I did this. And then we found ourselves at the other side of Manchester. And, you know, like, little, da, 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 like how can we have been quick? We've, I've, I've gone wrong three times. So I went to get my phone to prove him wrong. Got my phone. Setting off. See you in a bit. Send a text message. One hour ago. It takes an hour and 20 minutes. I've gone wrong three times. And it took us an hour. Excuse me. What? How have we gained time? How have we gone wrong? How have we even got from there to there in one hour? Never mind going wrong three times and how did we end up at the other side of Manchester? How have I done that when it should have been almost two hours and I'm home in an hour? It's impossible. Well, uh, yeah, not in your world. <laughs> it's not impossible. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. Yeah, this yeah. is true, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I am such a freaked out person. People don't, uh, I can be a little bit special at times, you know. People, I get a bit irritated by liars and I get irritated by people. Oh, I've got an implant in my neck and it sets off alarms at the airport. No, it doesn't. You're a liar. And you wouldn't think it was funny. I saw somebody on Twitter the other week. Oh, I got probed last night. Lol. <laughs> Lol. You're joking. Ask, ask Philip Kinsella about what happened to him when something was put up his backside and it was in his like stomach cavity and he was screaming and screaming and screaming. Lol. They wind right. me up, so I get a little bit precious at times. But, you know, I'm containing a lot. <laughs> I've got a lot of questions and zero answers, so, you know. 
Well, but you have the right personality to uh, move forward with this, and uh, that's going to take you far as far as other people that will listen to your words. And I'm looking at your YouTube site here. It is uh, Paranormal Mysteries, and your co-host, is it Paula Green? Is she do the show with you? She's not a co She was a guest, yeah. Okay. But we're writing okay. a book together. She's a good artist. She's going to do the artwork. But, you know, we've had overlaps of stuff, so the story is mm-hmm. integral. I've got other people. There was another woman that I met, and uh, I, I had an experience where I had my legs in the air and a green laser in the crook of my arm. I went to see uh, Excel Politics Conference in my home city in 2011, and this woman was talking, boom, green lasers. I went home that day, and I was like, green lasers? Let me have a look on Google. Dear Google, green lasers. Um, I thought, right, therapy. What, what else? Medical, you know, keywords came up. Now, this was August 2011 when I'd seen her and her green laser story. And um, so in Japan, in the previous May, so a few, just a few months before, they'd approved green light laser therapy for pelvic health in women and prostate health in men in Japan in that May. So June, July, August. So three months later, I'm Googling it because we've seen it. I've seen it in 2007. I can't remember when she saw it. I, I can't remember the year, but uh, so mine was 2000, October 2007. And I had my legs in the air. So something was going on in my pelvic area. And it's the pelvic health in women, prostate health in men. And I thought, well, this laser therapy, uh, you know, when you, <laughs> when you look into that kind of thing, think it was actually a, a frequency carried by light which resets any anomalies or deteriorations in your genetic material, save mm-hmm. like for egg, the ovum in our ovaries and the uh, prostate health in men, the sperm, for it to be perfected so that it's not mm-hmm. in a degenerative state. Because toxins and things like that, they, they make us kind of when our information rewrites itself as our cells regenerate, it kind of wipes off a little bit of the, the, the coding. So, you know, as you get older, you, you, this information deteriorates. So I think that's why we have these procedures because it resets everything to how it should be. And if there's some sort of breeding program going on where they're trying to figure out how to incarnate, which is sort of souls, then... Um, you know, the, the, and they're using the, a particular genetic line. We are humans. We are mm-hmm. prone to these genetic declines. And so I think that might be what's going on there. There's some sort of repair job. We need to find a way to get Paula on the phone with you so you two can bounce ideas back and forth on the show. Is that something we can arrange? Absolutely. Uh, she's just she's just said recently, I've had enough. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm sick of it. Always on the same people on the same shows, all the same faces on the same conference circuit. Mm-hmm. This country, that country, you know, it's like I've had enough. I'm, I'm bored of it all. So, um, but I know that she'll come out of a retirement after a week <laughs> just for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys you know, can uh, you can own the airwaves, and uh, I'll just stand back and and listen. But there's there's definitely a lot of detail. Paula's got here. so much. So much more to say and so so much has happened to her and mm-hmm. oh I've got goosebumps now. I just got a real wave of goosebumps thinking about some of the stuff that, that woman's gone through. And I I believe her 
with every cell in my body. When she was stood in my house and she stood in front of me and she was painting a picture like you wouldn't believe. She wasn't looking at where she was. She was in her head. I see, you know, like you can see when somebody's not looking at you, they're looking at what's going on. She wasn't even facing me. And she's like going, so there's the washing line. I was tanging me washing out. The gate was there. The garden set out like this. And, and I mean, she painted the most minute details. I went down, back down to pick up a peg. And I looked and through the gap in the gate. I saw these black eyes. She said, as soon as I heard it, I heard this slappy feet running off of the back street. So she's looking over the wall, sees it jump over something, and it's got like a black leotard on mm-hmm. to its size because they have to protect the organs <laughs> from light. So... And Philip Kinsella, who I've just mentioned, his the thing that ran through the front door, the door bulged out and this thing just ran through it like it wasn't even a door, also had a black leotard on it. Uh, so And a helmet. So, you know, I'm not the only one. Because <laughs> it, it just seems absurd that they would wear clothes and helmets, you know what I mean? I don't know why, but it just does seem absurd. Yeah, I've got so many more questions to ask you and uh, it sounds like Paula's an added uh, addition to the conversation. Now your show Paranormal Mysteries, how often can people catch new videos? Well, it it was weekly, but I've I've had a bit of a rough patch recently. So uh, my producer, God bless him, has just been playing repeats, but I've got a couple of people lined up um, to talk to and I've just met a new bunch of friends actually ended up being admin in another group um, Unsealed Files and um, you know I think I've got a whole new kind of because I've, I've been stuck in the same circle I need to break out of it because I've been very insular about it mm. all and a little bit you know a bit strange in the head because it's a lot to try and process and you know, when I'm helping, I help other people with their stuff. So mm-hmm. I kind of generally distract myself from my own mental hoo-ha by helping other people with theirs because I get to understand myself in a sort of feedback loop, you right. know, from talking to others. And and, we, and the relationships that we form and support that we get from each other, you know, I've kind of been just doing that and keeping it safe um, because from September, you know, I, I out... A fraud as well, and I outed a man. Um, I won't mention his name because I don't want to put your hair on end. But anyway, uh, a member of the Rendlesham Forest Incident crew who isn't a real witness and is a memorabilia forger. He's just a big liar. So I outed him. So I had four years of really serious trolling and death threats and attempts to sabotage everything in my actual life because you know they can't really they can't sabotage conference talks book signings or blah 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 because I've got none of that going on um so it was me you know my I'm, I'm disabled I've got PTSD I've got ADHD you know I've got depression blah 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 they tried to have my money taken from me they tried to they told um social services I was a drug addict and tried to have my children taken from me so that's been really traumatic in September I gave a conference talk about all of the the fraud information um, and it was, you know, the adrenaline and everything of that going on because he was saying that I was a terrorist and tying me to all these terrorist attacks because I knew uh, the London, some of the London bombers because they were neighbours. So basically because they were neighbours, they were friends and I'm a terrorist sympathiser, blah, blah, blah. So he triggered me badly there. Um, I'm all right now, but, 
you know, it, it's taken a while to come down from the trolling, the conference, the, you know, getting up and saying mm-hmm. all that stuff and you know, delivering after massive amounts of research. It's, it's been a bit mental. So, um, yeah, I'm coming out of all that. Now. Yeah, yeah. Do not, do not leave the medium. We need voices like yours out there. So, uh, <laughs> I have wanted to stomp off so many times, but I can't because I need, I need these people. These people come to me like I'm some sort of guru at times, and it's like, whoa, no, actually, I'm just, I'm just you. I've just got a bigger mouth and and can't contain my words because I've just got to talk all the time. <laughs> As you might have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, so, let's yeah. talk off the air and uh, book a part two to this. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, on yeah. There and, that's, um, there's so much more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a ton of questions to ask you. Again, Fine. It's, um, uh, I will <laughs> under paranormal mysteries. You can and, find on any of your listeners, mm-hmm. um, any listeners. I am all over Facebook all of the time. Um, you know, that's my only addiction these days. Uh, apart from maybe paranormal TV shows, <laughs> two healthy yeah, addictions. They are good. <laughs> if you're going to be an addict, you might as well be addicted to something that's not going to uh, do you any long-lasting damage. Although Facebook sometimes. <laughs> no, no, it you definitely shares some information here about some of the stuff. So let's, um, let's talk soon. And I appreciate you coming on the show, Sasha. No, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'll be delighted to come back. All right, that was part two of a three-part series. And, of course, the name Paula came up. Uh, Sasha alluded to somebody down the road that she was introduced to that we have an interview available for. Now, I don't know if uh, part three of this two-part series is going to air next. It might. I'm not quite sure. Just given the flavor of what's going on in the world, I think... Viral Survival Part 2 kind of puts it in perspective uh, where my head has been floating at. And let's talk a little bit about Part 2. Now, that uh, was the first episode I ever put a warning sticker on. And if you listen to it, you know why it was there. What's shocking is uh, the comments that came back regarding some of Rich's banking advice, which was merely his own perspective on what he's doing and uh, possibilities that you can do and take advantage of through Chapter 13. That was the most controversial part that people got back to me on. Uh, The really crazy stuff towards the end, which is crazy but true, um, no one had a a complaint about that, which I think is really interesting, telling. Um, There's certain areas that nobody wants to go and I understand that. But um, there may be a part three because I just got information that your stimulus check has been held up due to the construction and the layout of what's called the digital wallet. And um, if you don't know about the ID2020 and what's going on behind closed doors with the Federal Reserve and the, the lack of an actual dollar bill in your hand being traded out for a chip or a digital implant. Um, Well, that sounds very familiar to me. So we live in interesting times, folks. Uh, Keep your eyes in the skies for all sorts of reasons, especially on these full moons. Okay, thanks again for listening. Don't forget Sasquatch Rendezvous with a Z 
You can sign up now. Do it. SasquatchRendezvous.com. Order a ticket. Never before seen stuff, at least from my end, uh, going to be aired. And also, listen to the next episode for certain, because at the end, I'm going to announce something in episode 67 about a new webinar that just got uh, thrown in my lap. Thank God. Okay. Have a good week. Stay safe. Stay shielded. Wash your hands. And I will see you in the trees.